Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Nordby. These are the stories of Zayla Walker and Lee Ochi. When Zayla Walker was two years old, she lived on the 4600 block of Mission Cantina Avenue in North Las Vegas with her mother, Lakia Walker, and maternal grandmother, Carla Richardson. Ricky Beasley was Zayla's father. He hadn't been very involved in her life, but on August 15, 2018, Lakia left Zayla with Ricky while she went for a job interview. Ricky refused to return the child to her mother. For days, Lakia begged him to return the child. She called 911, and in her text, she expressed concern about Zayla's upcoming doctor's appointment for a swollen lymph node. Ricky demanded $13,000 before he would return the child. What What was the $13,000? That's pretty specific. It is, and I don't know why. Okay. Um, there was, a, in a couple of the reports, it said that, uh, you know, this was going on for, this is days. Yeah. And um, so that she thought that she would have to go to California and dance for the money. Sure. She, there's just, that's just a lot of money it is. In try to, to try to earn in a short amount of time. Late on August 21st, Ricky's mother, whom he lived with, was awoken by a loud thud that came from Ricky's bedroom. She met Ricky and Zayla in the hallway. Zayla was crying. Ricky said that Zayla had wet herself, and he got mad and knocked the cot against the wall. He then took Zayla into the bathroom to clean the child. The next day, on August 22nd, Ricky searched Google for ways to treat seizures in children. Zayla wasn't known to have seizures. He specifically searched to see if marijuana would help. Then he went to the Reef Dispensary and purchased a joint. On that same date, Lakia had told her mother that Ricky had taken Zayla to California to visit a relative. Lakia and Ricky met at the Craig Park Ranch and left Lakia's car, wallet, and phone. They took Ricky's mother's car and went on an unannounced road trip up and down the state of California to New Mexico and Texas, through Illinois, West Virginia, and Tennessee. They mostly slept in the car and only stayed in one spot for a couple of days. Eventually, they went to Tijuana, Mexico, and spent a few days there. This is around September 23rd. They had been gone almost a month. They were questioned by the San Diego police because of a missing persons report that had, that had been put out on all three of them. They told police that Zayla was with Ricky's relatives and went on their way. In November, the couple was in Houston, Texas, when law enforcement ran their names after a routine traffic stop. Ricky, Lakia, and Zayla were still considered missing. The couple reported that they had not seen Zayla in months. Lakia initially reported that Zayla was with Ricky's relatives. Lakia was held for 48 hours. Ricky was arrested for being in possession of a stolen vehicle. He was driving his mother's car, which he had taken without permission in August. I'm confused why Lakia went with him 
in the first place? Well, I mean, I, I guess I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Because she was wanting Zayla back. Right. He wouldn't give her back. Right. And then she went with him. He may have still had Zayla. Okay. Um, and she thought that that was maybe the only way to well, get her daughter Well, he back? had, he, it's assumed that he had Zayla right. with him at the time. Okay. And, um, but regardless, at the time, she lied to her mother about where Zayla was. Right. And she may not have, he may have not given her any, given her any choices about. Sure. Kind of going with. Right. And so. Okay. In December, Ricky and Lakia returned to North Las Vegas, where they were once again detained. Lakia was released, but Ricky was rearrested for being in possession of a stolen vehicle. He was also charged with first-degree abuse and neglect and kidnapping in Zayla's disappearance. The car that the couple traveled in belonged to Ricky's mother. She had told law enforcement that she kept her car clean. When the car was returned, it had a terrible odor in the trunk, like rotten meat. Lakia said that she had tried to clean it out with lemon-scented ammonia, but the smell still remained. Lakia was interviewed by police several times. She failed a polygraph. She claimed that Zayla was with Ricky's ex-girlfriend, his brother, and his mother, which all proved to be false. While talking to Ricky in jail, she said, quote, You always say, no body, no crime, unquote. In March 2019, Ricky was charged with murder and his daughter's disappearance. Lakia was arrested on the same charge. When she was arrested, she asked police, Quote, so you know, so you're telling me that you found Zayla? Unquote. Ricky Marcel Beasley is set to go on trial for murder, theft, first-degree kidnapping, and being in unlawful possession of a vehicle. And Lakia Shantice Walker will go to trial for murder on June 7, 2021, in Clark County, Nevada. The Honorable Judge Tierra Jones will preside over their cases. The last time that Zayla Walker was seen was on August 21st, 2018, when her paternal grandmother saw her in the hallway of her home. Zayla was two years old. Today, Zayla Walker would be four years old. She is an African-American female with black hair and brown eyes. She stood two feet tall and weighed 27 pounds at her disappearance. She has pierced ears. If you know anything about the disappearance of Zayla Walker, Contact the North Las Vegas Police Department at 702-633-9111. This is really upsetting because, you know, in the beginning of the story, it sounds like Lakia is also a victim. At the end of the story... It seems like she had some part in it. Well, I think I think that that's I think that probably both things are true. Sure. Um, the uh, law enforcement believes that uh, Zayla Walker suffered from a traumatic injury that caused her death, and whether. What role Lakia had in that is uncertain at this yeah. time. And um, 
and what she knows, knew, or, you know, participated in, it's unclear. But right. I think she, she definitely was a victim at the beginning because she tried very hard to get her daughter back. And up until about August 23rd, 2018, she fought to get her daughter back. After August 23rd, she didn't ask about her. She didn't um, express concern when she was told by law enforcement that the child was considered was also considered missing. Right. She may not have known that yeah. until that point. But, um, you know, nowhere in anything did it say uh, if... Ricky or Lakia or active drug users, nowhere did it say anything about, you know, really about their, their life. Sure. Other than Ricky Beasley is an unsavory character. And he had had that child for several days. Um, a child who had been taken away from their mother, they would not be easy to care right. for. Right. Um... And at the time, I think that the parents of Zayla were about 27 years old. Okay. So, um, yeah. And uh, absolutely somewhere along the line, Lakia knows that something happened. Right. Right. Because she says to him, you always say no body, no crime. Right. And they had to have had that conversation. They had to have that conversation. And also, she just doesn't She doesn't seek her child. She doesn't wish her child a happy birthday. She doesn't. Right. And, you know, things were very specific and actually were very specifically planned before they ever left North Las Vegas the first time in that she left her car, mm -hmm. her wallet, her phone. Anything that could identify her. Or where she was. Right. And um, so it was very specific. <clears throat> and just the, their, their traveling pattern, where they went and how they did that. Um, it's, yeah. And so as I looked at it, I had to do a little bit of research to find out where they were with the trial. Because this happened in August of 2018. And um, they were set to go to trial in March 2020. And then the pandemic hit. It was pushed to the twenty uh, to June, and and now it is set for that same June of June of twenty twenty one for both of them. Sure. And um, so <sighs> there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, but. Right. Really, without a body, there is no crime. Except for that, she would be a dependent child. Right. And um, there's no way that she could make it on her own. There's nothing that she could do. Uh, and how do they... Yeah. And I wonder, how do they have money to travel to to be on the lam for months? Right. That's expensive. It's expensive. Even if you're not staying in hotels. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to eat out. You just gas. Yep. And where do they make that money? How do they make that money? Did they sell this child? Oh, gosh. 
um, it's just so upsetting. And then I don't know that I've ever cleaned with ammonia before. I mean, is ammonia in most cleaning products? Uh, I think that ammonia has a very strong smell. Yeah, I don't that I don't think I've ever cleaned anything with ammonia. That seems very specific to clean with. Well, I I think it is. I yeah. I think that. Um, I think that uh, if I if you I think that's the strongest smelling kind of cleaner that I could think of. Yeah, and. Um, I can't imagine that a vehicle would smell very good after if you've actually kind of been living in it for right. many, many days. And in, you know, um, on the West Coast, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just a cooler will get to be smell pretty funky yep. after a while. But, but uh, in yeah, the summer, in the summertime, yeah, or, or at any time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that, and it's still. It still smelled like rotten meat. The only mm -hmm. thing is, is and I don't know what, I would imagine that it would destroy a lot of DNA. Right. If there was any in there. Mm -hmm. And um, so the trouble is, is that without a body, there is no crime. And not, then what? And then what? But um, there was a lot of, yeah, yeah, then what? So... Um, so if that child was hurt, injured, late in August, she would have cried so much. Yeah. Not having her mother. Right. Um, if she was injured, she could have cried a lot at that time too. Mm -hmm. Or not cried at all, depending on how severely she was hurt. But the... Um, Rick, Ricky Beasley's mother changed her story about the timing of mm -hmm. the injury from when law enforcement originally talked to her until and then after he was after Ricky was arrested she kind of her story changed a little bit about the time frame of when the injury happened like she had kind of covered up well cover like up initially well like that she had heard the thump she heard the thump first she said that she heard the thump and then she met Ricky and Zayla in the hallway. Okay. And then she said later on that she heard the thump when Ricky and Zayla were in the shower where the, where when the child was being bathed. Okay. And uh, so it's just it's just that she may not be. I mean, I I think that it's 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 hard to know what you would do if your child was being accused of murder, even if they're. 27 years old, right? 28 years old. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you would do or how you would say or what you would say. And also, our memories are not always reliable, right? Especially um, if there's something traumatic that's happened, right? And also, for this mom, um, Ricky Beasley's mom, they they were there. They left. Her car was gone. She no longer had her vehicle. Um, he was gone. She was gone. Nobody was answering the phone. She didn't know where they were for months right. and months. Um, and and I think that our memories are unreliable sometimes. Mm -hmm. And who knows? We don't know anything else about what her 
physical health was like, or she wouldn't have been, you know, necessarily very old, uh, because, yeah, yeah. Ricky Beasley was only 27, so mm -hmm. she would be, you know, could be around the 50s, in, in her 50s, and so, right. but it's hard to say, it's hard to say, um, what was going on with her, and, and what would you do to protect your child? I don't know. I think we would all like to say that we had always we'd tell the truth. We would, mm -hmm. um, but I think that the truth, there's the truth with a capital T, and there's truth with a small t. You know, right. you can say a lot of things and still be in the realm of truth, right. and not necessarily always being truthful. And so, I think there's kind of a span. Mm -hmm. Lee Ochi was, by all accounts, a normal 13-year-old. She was smart, loved dogs and pizza, and got along well with her mom and dad. In 1992, she was living alone with her mom on the, on the 100 block of Honey Locust Drive in Tupelo, Mississippi. Tupelo has a population of around 3,800 and is known as the birthplace of Elvis Presley. Lee's parents divorced in 1981, and her father was in the armed forces, living in Virginia. Her mom was also a veteran of the military. Her stepfather had recently separated from her mom, and he moved out of the home. In 1992, Hurricane Andrew was battering the southern coast. It would become known as the costliest hurricane in U.S. history. On August 27th, Lee and her mother, Vicki, had breakfast together before Vicki had to leave for work. Lee would be home alone for a short time until her grandmother picked her up to attend an open house at her school. She would be starting eighth grade in the next week. This would be the first time that Lee would be home alone. Her mother left for work around 7.30 a.m., and about an hour later, she saw an alert that there would be heavy storms moving through the area. Lee didn't like storms. Vicki called home at 8.30 to make sure that she would be okay, but Lee didn't answer the phone. She tried one more time, and when she still received no answer, she made the short drive home to check on her daughter. When she pulled in the driveway, she noticed the garage door was open and the light was on, meaning the door had been activated within the last several minutes. The door to the house was also unlocked. There was no sign of Lee in the house or in the yard. There was blood throughout the house, later determined to be type O. Lee was reported missing at 9 a.m., an hour and a half after her mom last saw her. When authorities arrived at the home, they noticed there was no sign of forced entry, but there was a sign of a struggle. Fresh, Still wet bloodstains were on the walls, the carpet, and the bathroom countertop. There was a trail of blood leading from the hallway to the living room and then to the back door. There was blood and hair on a doorframe, suggesting that Lee hit her head on the doorframe. A nightgown and brassiere were found stained with blood. The nightgown was the one that Lee had been wearing when her mom last saw her that morning. It was stained in a way that suggested her wound came from above her shoulders. It looked like someone had tried to clean up the blood in the bathroom, but the police couldn't find a towel or a rag that would have been used. Lee's reading glasses, shoes, some of her underclothes, and her sleeping bag were missing from the house. Police searched a half-mile radius around her home, but because of the weather conditions, the dogs couldn't pick up her scent. Helicopters were brought in when the weather allowed, but there was still no sign of Lee. 
About a month after she disappeared, a package was delivered to her home addressed to B. Yarbowl. The package contained her reading glasses and nothing else. Lee's stepfather's name was Barney Yarborough. The street name in the address was misspelled and the envelope had six stamps on it, more than double the amount needed. It was postmarked from Boonville, Mississippi, about 30 miles north of Tupelo. Handwriting and forensic tests on the envelope yielded no results. The stamps and envelope had been wet with water to adhere them. The person who mailed the glasses has never been identified, but police believe they were sent to throw off the investigation. Lee's father was able to take an emergency leave from the military and move, moved with his family to Tupelo to assist in the search. Both him and Lee's stepfather took polygraph tests and they were both ruled out as suspects. It was suspected that Lee's stepfather had been abusive to her when she was seen with bruises, but it was never substantiated. Lee's 12-year-old boyfriend at the time was never questioned, but he was never a person of interest. Lee's mother, Vicki, also took a polygraph test, actually three, one within the first week of Lee's disappearance and two others by the FBI in the couple of weeks after Lee disappeared. She was shown to be deceptive on all three. She believes that Oscar Mike Kearns, a local man who knew Lee, was responsible for her disappearance. Kearns knew Lee through church. He was a Sunday school and vacation Bible school teacher, and he also shared Lee's love of horses and horseback riding at the local stables. Nine months after Lee disappeared, Kearns abducted a 15-year-old girl from her home in Memphis, Tennessee, about two hours from Tupelo. He sexually assaulted her and released her at her school, where she called the police. Kearns also knew her through church. Kearns pleaded guilty to rape and was sentenced to eight years in prison, but was, was released after less than four. This is not the time, but I'd like to talk about um, sex offenders being released early for any reason at all. That is, that is criminal in and of itself, in Absolutely. my opinion. It Absolutely. makes me so angry, I just want to scream. This, it'll make you even more angry after this. Fourteen months after Lee vanished, a skull was found in a soybean field, and it was identified as Lee's. It turned out that the state medical examiner was not using Lee's most recent dental records, and the skull wasn't hers after all. It was later identified as a missing 27-year-old woman. Can I just say the difference between a 14-year-old skull of a female and a 27-year-old skull of a female should be vastly different. You would think so. You would think so. That makes me very angry. Yeah. There's no reason that there's no reason that, that should have been done. Well, and I don't, I haven't, I haven't talked about what Lee looked like, but she's a very little person. She's a very little 13 year old. And the fact that it was confused for a 27 year old woman. Well, uh, there's just no, there's no excuse for that. Right. Authorities have stated that they had very little evidence to determine who was responsible for Lee's disappearance. Several persons of interest have been interviewed but no one has been charged in connection, in connection to her case. After Oscar Kearns was released in what I assume to be around 1996, um, after he served less than four years on that initial charge, he went on to kidnap a married couple and raped the wife. He was sent back to prison and was released in 2019. He refused to be interviewed or polygraphed about Lee's disappearance. Lee's father believes someone within the family was involved in her disappearance. Lee's stepfather passed away in 1996. 
Authorities say that foul play is strongly suspected in her case. Lee Ochi was 13 years old when she vanished in 1992. She would be 41 years old this year. She is described as Caucasian. At the time of her disappearance, she was 4'10 and 90 pounds. Again, that right there, 4 foot, 90 pounds. Yeah. Little. Very little. Mm -hmm. Appropriate for a 13-year-old, not a 27-year-old. Right. She has blonde hair and hazel eyes. She has a strawberry birthmark at the base of her skull, small scratch scars on her right leg, and bumps on the skin of both of her knees. Her ears are pierced. She has a lazy left eye and wears glasses. Her blood type is either A or O. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Lee Ochi, please contact the Tupelo Police Department at 662-841-6491. I tried to look up this Oscar Kearns to see if he was actually, actually released, and I couldn't verify that mm -hmm. or not, so I'm not really sure. Um, but he was supposed to get out, I want to say, the spring of 2019. Well, I think it's fair to say that it's somebody that knows the family. Right. Because um, because of the time frame in which the child was <clears throat> taken. Go ahead. I couldn't find specifically what the weather was like that day, but it was said that whoever did this took advantage of that. They knew that in the craziness of Hurricane Andrew they were able to do this basically because it was so bad and there was so much going on mm -hmm. that, and of course dogs aren't going to be able to pick up that scent because it was raining so much. Right. And windy. And, yep. But also because this child was taken. I mean, they, she probably, the mother probably passed the vehicle yeah. that the child was in. Mm -hmm. And an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Well, and she said when she got home, the light in the garage was on. And that doesn't stay on for very long. No. Don't. Which is, that's, it's terrifying that she maybe just missed. And she may have passed it, yeah. that person. Yeah. So somebody that, that uh, knew the family, mm -hmm. knew their routine. Right. Right. Which, which is a, pre I mean, which is a predator. Yeah. A predator. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is watching who knew the mom's schedule, uh, knew the child wasn't in school yet. Um, and an opportunity presented itself. Right. And, and I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of giving people, you know, a, a deal if they admit to a crime. So to go to Oscar Kearns and mm -hmm. say, did you, or, um, because you believe that he, he got out of jail in 2019? Yes. Okay. After the second time. Yep. That's when it said he was released. I couldn't verify that he, mm -hmm. he actually has been released or not. Right. Which I'm assuming he has because I couldn't find anywhere that he's still in jail. Right. So, but I can't verify that either way. How many, uh, sexual assaults do you have to have before you? Right. How many sexual assaults do you have to have? Well, have and, to be proven. Right. And if he, I mean, it sounds like he knew the family pretty well. He went, he taught Bible study, school. He rode horses with her. I mean, he probably would have known when mom worked, where mom, I mean, 
he would have known. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that she had... I mean, it's interesting. Now, maybe she considered him as a suspect. Maybe. Before uh, these other things happened, before he was arrested for actually committing a similar type of crime. Right. Um, but she suspected him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, you know, if you're a predator that likes young girls, a horse stable is a great place to make a connection with young girls. Right. Well, and I think that that gut reaction, if that was what Lee's mom felt, like she just kind of suspected him, that gut feeling is, you know... You don't have to have a reason. Right. There doesn't have to be a specific right. thing that happened. Something made her feel that way to it's say that early out. on, very early on after Lee disappeared. Yeah. And then he he proved to be, you know, monstrous. Yeah. Yeah. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos along with information and articles used for these cases can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. Okay, Katie, for my weekly distraction, I have... I don't know. I don't know what this theme is. Oh, actually. So, these are children's responses. Are um. These are these are things that parents have said about their children. Okay. So. Um, no one is as obnoxiously well behaved as a child whose sibling is getting yelled at. Oh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Righteously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Righteously. It's so true. I'm being good. Yeah, look at that, how good I am. Look at how good... Mm. <laughs> Man, Jimmy's such a jerk. I told you. <laughs> I love you, Mom. <laughs> My oldest just called the Big Dipper a giant scooper. Oh. And I will never correct him. It, it is. That's what it is. It's a giant scooper. Yeah. Or you, what is a dipper? I'm... Right, it's a scooper. Right. Let's get it, get it together, people. <laughs> I was buying desk supplies to prepare for homeschooling. Um, therefore, I also bought ice cream and booze. Yes. Did you know that they all make booze ice cream? What? They make wine-infused ice cream, so you can eat ice cream and also get drunk. Why? And a headache. Oh, well, you would think. I mean, ice cream headache. From eating the ice cream so fast. So fast. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. So me. Can't chat right now, love. I have a meeting. My four-year-old. Okay, can I just tell you one quick thing? Does water last forever? And uh, did you know that kangaroos carry their babies in their pouch? And what happens to me if you and daddy die before I grow up? <laughs> yes. Just one thing. Just one quick thing. Won't is take that, long. Is that only four-year-olds or three-year-olds do that too? Five-year-olds? I think until they're like... 12. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where they, where they, so they'll talk incessantly. Yes. And then after 12? They don't talk to you anymore at all. Okay. I think. They just get it out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's kind of what I thought. But. So my husband took the kids out. Um, so I had the house to myself for the first time in four months. And I made good use of it by staring at the walls and eating snacks. 
followed by more staring at the walls and more snack eating. Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't that what our coworker did that one time when she had the whole night to herself or something? and She just sat on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even turn the TV on. <laughs> the silence. I don't... Oh, that blissful silence. <laughs> I, it's just Dave and I, and it's usually pretty quiet. Yeah. I guess I yeah. don't maybe appreciate <laughs> the value of silence as much as I should. It takes an entire village's whiskey... To raise a child. Yep. <laughs> that is a true statement. It is. It is. Some days. <laughs> Important bedtime question from my six-year-old. In the underworld, how do they tell which skeleton is which? Do they have skeleton hair? Oh. That is a very smart child. That's, yeah. I mean, they're not wearing clothes. No. They don't have accessories. How do they know? How do they know? Unless they have skeleton hair. Interesting. Never would have thought of it. Mm-mm. But, you know, those questions come up at bedtime. Only at bedtime. Only at bedtime. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can spend six hours in the car. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come it's up. It's only the philosophical ones that come up at bedtime. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. My son thinks his heart is in his stomach. And he also calls vaginas, virginas. <laughs> so I think he's officially ready to start giving medical advice on Facebook. Well, that's about what it is. Right. Yep. I think so. That's all it takes on Facebook to have a medical degree. To, is in, to just make stuff up. Oh, to, to, to not really know the right. proper names mm-hmm. of body parts or where they reside in the body. To just be confident when you say it. <laughs> just to be confident. <laughs> Do you have to spell correctly? I don't think so. Oh, okay. As long as you own it. As long as you own it. Yep. Well, that's the Latin spelling. <laughs> that's the Latin spelling. My four-year-old asked me to get her a toy from her bedroom, but I was busy and I asked her if she could get it herself. And she said, I don't have to. I'm sitting. So in case anyone is interested, her webinar and living your best life will be out soon. <laughs> I don't have to. I'm sitting. I understand that. I understand. I'm sitting. You're up. You're already standing up. I think my husband has that same <laughs> philosophy. But I could be seated, seated too. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I once sprained my ankle in the park. My daughter asked me to push her and I said, I can't. I can't walk. And she said... Well, you could crawl. <laughs> and that is everything that you need to know about raising children. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just give everything you've got and then a little bit more. Yep, and it still isn't enough. It still isn't <laughs> enough. Um, kids sure do have a lot of energy when their arms are too tired to empty the dishwasher. Oh. Mm. My arms are too tired. They're exhausted. They're exhausted. My arms are too tired to empty the damn dishwasher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would rather empty the dishwasher than actually do the dishes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any day. Today, my conference was interrupted by one of my children sobbing hysterically. The crisis? Her brother had told her that her Barbies were getting divorced. (laughs) Oh, no. Some days I miss the office. (laughs) Oh, no. Brothers are devastating. Brothers are such stress. (laughs) It would be devastating. My weekly distraction this week are the dumbest things people ever did as children. Oh, the list. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Jumped from a diving board into an empty swimming pool with two umbrellas as parachutes. I was about eight, and I distinctively remember telling myself, one is enough. I'm smart to use two. One's fine, but I'll use two. Because I am I'm safety. smart. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, I, when I was five, I put M&Ms in my ear so I could hear them talk like the commercials. That makes perfect sense It makes sense perfect to me. sense. Well, you hold seashells up to your ear to hear the ocean. Right, so. and you need one in each ear. Yeah. <laughs> to have a conversation. Well, yeah. for them to hear each other. Right. Lost a bouncy ball under my bed, and me and my cousin couldn't see in the dark, so I grabbed a lighter and held it under my bed. Caught my bed on fire. <laughs> 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 my parents still don't know. <laughs> oh. You could have burnt the whole house down. Uh. My mother loves They will be very confused. They will. When they move that bed. Scorch what, marks. What the hell yeah. happened here? <laughs> um, I suspect parents say that a lot. Oh, yeah. I Yep. Mm-hmm. My mother loves to tell this story. One day, when I was really little, I wanted to help her out in the kitchen. So, to get me out of the way, she gave me a potato to play with. After a while, she went to check on me, only to find out I managed to flush the potato down the toilet. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's not going to be good. What do you do with that? I hope it makes it all the way out. <laughs> it doesn't block up the whole city. <laughs> the whole block thing. <laughs> oh, I don't care what it does to the block. It's my house. I don't want it, I don't want it to block up into. Oh, my goodness. When I was like six, I took an egg from the fridge and put it under my pillow before I fell asleep, thinking it would be a baby chicken when I woke up. I bet it wasn't a chicken. I bet it was <laughs> scrambled egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was when I was probably six, I um, I took <laughs> I took three of everything, every bowl. I took three bowls, three forks, three new knives, three spoons, because I was running away. I, I was going to marry Mike DeBork. And I was running away, and the third one was for our child. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to get, I just was, I, I, I had three of everything. You had a plan. I had a plan. Yep. Did Mike you, knew nothing about it. Sure. Did you make it out the door? <laughs> uh, my mom, see, my mom would say, my mom would say, you know, if you want to run away, that's fine. Let me help you pack a bag. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, it just changes your perspective. It does. It really does. If you want, well, let me get the luggage. Yeah, it doesn't get the full effect. No. Yeah. No. I'm, I, I'm, I think I remember telling her, you know, because I think that probably after the 65th trip to the, you know, like a little squirrel and, the, and sure. getting all the pieces and parts of my household <laughs> that I was stealing from my mother, uh, she probably asked me. But, and I told her I was running away. Well, let me get you. Let me get you a bigger a suitcase. Sure. And that just takes the wing and wind right out of your sails. It really does. It really. Yeah. So yeah. then I had to put all that stuff back. <laughs> Change plans. Change plans. <laughs> I'm the oldest in my family. I know you're the youngest in your family. Yeah. I uh, did also convince my little sister Nikki. I uh, traded her all her. All her um, dimes for nickels because nickels were bigger. <laughs> That's rotten. <laughs> I know. How long did that happen for? Oh, uh, she's about fifteen. <laughs> I she suppose was, until she knew how much it was. She was like three. It is absolutely <laughs> theft by swindling. It really. It, it was really a is. terrible thing. Uh, I also told my brother that the that the. Uh, Electric fence was unplugged. Oh, no. He turned, found out it wasn't when he grabbed it. But. Thankfully, they're not terribly strong. I mean, it hurts, but... 
People don't usually die. No. No. But it's painful. Yeah, it wasn't very nice. No. I moved the hands on the clock forward so Sesame Street would start sooner. <laughs> I, I, honest to God, I do that so the day will end faster. And on Fridays, I swear to God, they go in reverse. They do. They do. They go in reverse. I'm going to try that. You should. We should. Let's do except it today. I'm going to do it in your office at Katie, except for there's no <laughs> clocks that are actually set right. You have 65 clocks in here, and not one of them are correct. They're all different. <clears throat> you just like to live on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. In kindergarten, I was petrified of bees, and one day I was playing on the playground, and a bumblebee flew by, flew by, and I started crying, then peed myself, and lied about peeing myself, and blamed it on the bee. <laughs> so the bee peed on her. Right. Right. Well, technically, the bee was started, the cause. Right. The bee was the cause it of was. all of the. <laughs> it was. Oh, I don't know. I think at a certain age that you're just constantly peeing on yourself. <laughs> I think, I think that. I mean, I think that in kindergarten. I mean, they're just always peeing on themselves. Uh, well, I mean, you're hoping that they're only peeing on themselves and not anybody else. Right. But I mean, I right. think that that's. I think in kindergarten. You should just go to. You should just go to school with you know at least one full change of clothes. Yeah, or like a pull up. On. <laughs> it would make things a lot easier. It would for the teachers. <clears throat> Because you just get busy playing, and right. you know you get a busy. bee shows up, and <laughs> your bladder gives up. I don't know um, how that works. Seven years old, alone in the kitchen with a box of twelve Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies, free car inside instead in on the box. Instead of taking them out of the box, I ate my way to the bottom to find <laughs> <laughs> to find a mail-in coupon. I storm into the living room, throw the box across the room, yelling, there's no car at my parents. <laughs> and then I throw up 12 Little Debbie oatmeal cookies. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? I am an adult. Uh, I could not eat That's probably one. Oof, there. But they're, the, honestly, the sugar headache. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can get a headache from too much sugar, but I think well, that you should. Afterwards, you'd probably uh, you crash. Would be, you would be so sick. Yeah. Ugh. So, the, in high school, I remember my, it was always the, the, the male, males in our, my class, <laughs> they would go get a box of little Debbie whatevers, I'm not sure, I mean, there's about four or five sure. or six or twelve different things, and they'd eat a box for lunch. Oh. Maybe not the whole thing, but in a day. So there was, you know, lockers stuffed with you sure. know, boxes, boxes of little Debbies. I remember you open it, and it's just a box of little Debbies. Why didn't they just throw them away? Well, because it was fun. I so to I keep know. track. I don't know. I don't know. I, Ick. I can't. I, I honestly, talk about diabetes. It's, <laughs> that's like the way to get it is little, through little Debbie. When I was six, I asked my dad for an empty soda can box that I could make a dollhouse. Instead, I took it to the top of the stairs and slid down like a surfboard. My mom was freaking out and my dad was impressed. And then mom is freaking out at dad uh, right. who was impressed. <clears throat> right. <laughs> I was at my grandma's place, rural Kenya, and when and my cousins and I decided to steal an ostrich egg like we saw in a movie. We were almost kicked to death. Running from an ostrich remains the most dangerous and funniest memory I have. Can you imagine? I How do you never, all run one? Well, you you don't. You got five kids, and they all run in separate directions. It's, you don't have to run <laughs> faster than than. You just have to be faster than one person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, they could. Ki- I think they could kill you. They could. 
They have those big toes, claws, cat talons, claws, fangs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're called. Just quit talking, Kitty. <laughs> Just digging myself. <laughs> I think yes. <laughs> to all of them. Yes. <laughs> and can you imagine? I mean, that apparently fun in Kenya is the same kind of fun. You know, farm fun. That well, it must you know, be. You would run from the, you'd run from the mean rooster, or you would, cows. you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, would, you, you, I mean, just it. It apparently doesn't change from country to country. It probably doesn't. <clears throat> I rode my tricycle into the pool and didn't stop riding underwater, sideways, going nowhere until my dad pulled me out. That's terrifying. Well, you'd, you'd speed up. You would. One time, this and is doesn't let go. Can you imagine, Dad? Dad sees this happen. Dad sees this happen. <laughs> right, and he's still spinning. He's still holding on, pedaling for all he's worth. <laughs> Get out of that there! Is so scary. This is the last one. <clears throat> one time, I was seven, and I tried to hide my diary <laughs> one key. One time, <laughs> that's what it says. One, one time, time, I was seven, seven, and I tried to hide my diary key in the electrical outlet. I keep my secrets to myself now. <laughs> Yeah, that's not somewhere that you want to hide that. It's a. I would say. I would say it's a good hiding place. If you never want to look in your diary. But it's a terrible idea. Yes. Yes. It's a terrible idea. And also, what kind of secrets do you have at seven? I ate twelve little debbies. <laughs> Looking for a free car. <laughs> Looking for a free car. Uh, I have hidden under my pillow an ostrich egg. <laughs> That's what you, yes. Those yeah, are I mean, the you don't get, you don't get, I mean, really, what yeah. are you, what are you hiding at seven? I peed my pants in kindergarten. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm scared of the dark. I mean, yeah. wh and who are you hiding it from? Right. I don't know. I but don't know. It's serious. It's, well, apparently. Yeah. It got a shock. Yeah. <laughs> hell, I mean, that can kill you. Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Now he's just going to have to. Keep his secrets to himself. Yep. <laughs>